0: So kind Staring out into space Asking God to hear my case Trying to think of all things past
1: Well hello everyone and welcome to Alzheimer Speaks. I am Lori LeBay, the host and founder of Alzheimer Speaks. Thrilled to be here with you today. Um, Before we get into our show, which is going to be a fantastic one, we're going to learn about Educate and all they have to offer. Um, the dementia arena. Um, I always like to tell people a little bit about Alzheimer's Speaks, who we are, why we're here. And bottom line, Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort. And we believe that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and having these everyday conversations like we do here on Alzheimer's Speaks Radio, that we're going to be able to give people tips and tools and, and help remove some of the stigmas attached to uh, dementia as a whole. We also believe that at our core, collaboration is the only way we're going to win this battle against the disease. And I can tell you, I know we're winning that that game. <clears throat> um, and thanks to you, with all of your likes, your clicks, and your shares of our content, me it the um, radio show, the blog, our Dementia Chats interviews, um, the website. Um, As you're pushing those things out into the world, um, that's having a big influence in terms of the information that people are seeing out there Um, because we were acknowledged as the number one influencer online, according to Sharecare and Dr. Oz. Um, you, as our listeners, also, I think, got us acknowledged by Maria Shriver as a uh, architect for change for humanity. You see, all of us have these spheres, and we have a lot of people in our spheres that we don't really know all that well. Um, and we have others that we do know, but they're still holding some things back. And dementia can be one of those things for many, many people where they're just not quite comfortable talking about it. But the more we can push information out there, the easier it's going to be for them to grab a hold of it when they need it. So I really just want to thank you all for um, working with us and being our collaborators in terms of trying to raise awareness I also want to invite you all who are listening to be, um, be a guest on our show. You most likely have a story to tell, too, and we'd love to hear from you. We interview everybody from people with dementia to family and friends who are dealing with a loved one to professionals, researchers, singers, songwriters, advocates, you name it. Um, your voice counts here on Alzheimer's Speaks. Um, so, you know, just think about that. And I also want to give a big shout-out because I was so lucky to be out in California just about a week and a half ago for Move for Minds with Maria Shriver, and uh, Lisa Gibbons was actually our moderator of our panel, and um, I just highly encourage people to get involved with Move for Minds. Maria is very passionate about raising funding for research for women women. Um, just because there's such a disproportionate um, amount of women versus men. And she wants some, <clears throat> some gender-related research going on. And then last week, I had the honor to be out in Leading Age, Washington, where I was a keynoter talking about living with purpose and passion, and we did a uh, a screening of his neighbor, Phil, f- uh, for everyone there. So that was just it was absolutely a gorgeous setting at a lodge, a destination lodge called uh, Skamania that was on like 175 acres and overlooked the um, the river and uh, the mountains were fantastic. Even though it rained there pretty much the whole week, it was still so majestic looking. So um, check check out Washington if you haven't been there and um, and uh, check out uh, leading age and all they have to offer there's one in every state um, last that um, <clears throat> two things that I want to cover are just a couple of initiatives that here at alzheimer's Speaks we're involved in. One is our cruise coming up in november we 're going to do a seven day cruise uh, to the Caribbean. <clears throat> where our team of experts will actually have four people with dementia that will be speaking during our symposium. We've got people coming from all around the country, and and I believe some people out of the country are going to be joining us as well. And this is family-based. We're also lucky to have Becky Watson with us, who is a music therapist, and Cindy Leszczynski, who is heading up a, a, um, a movement for Dementia Friendly out in Colorado. And then I just uh, I just published some helpful tips when dealing with dementia, and you can find that on the blog. And just email me if you're interested. I'd be more than glad to uh, to send that out to you. So that's all for my housekeeping here. Let's get started with the show because we <clears throat> we really have a fabulous show um, today. I am honored to have a co-host with me, uh, Craig Hankey, and I'm going to let him go ahead and introduce himself and and tell you a bit about himself. Go ahead, Craig.
2: Hi. Glad to be here. Um, I'm 58 years old. I was diagnosed at age 55 with Lewy body dementia and Parkinsonism symptoms. Um, Right now I'm at an even keel with medications and don't see too much of a decline at this point, but um, so, so far the medications are working for me.
1: Wonderful. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us, Craig, because your insights are always so helpful. Um, Today, as I mentioned, um, we are really lucky to have um, three women with us, um, Pam Brandon, uh, Ann Caitlin, and Kayla Gaya, um, who are really passionate about helping shift our dementia care. And they are going to discuss some really interesting, I think, information and programs about educate and um, that has to do with Dementia Live and Compassionate Touch and how it's changing lives for those living with dementia. So I'm going to start out uh, first by introducing Pam Brand- Brandon. She is the president and founder of Educate, and which is a training institute based out of the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. She has drawn over 15 years of her personal caregiving experience for her parents, and in 2008 was inspired to develop and deliver a caregiver, and aging education programs. So today she provides um, innovative, cutting-edge training programs to improve the lives of those living with dementia across the U.S. And my understanding is, Pam, you've, you've just expanded into Australia. Is that correct? That's correct. <clears throat> Wonderful. Well, let me go ahead and introduce your, your other cohorts here, and then we'll get into our line of questioning. Um, okay. Aunt Caitlin brings um, to her work over 30 years experience as an occupational and massage therapist in elder care. And she's created something called Compassionate Touch, which is a program um, that really makes a positive um, contribution to rediscovering touch as a medicine um, in today's world of dementia. So welcome, Anne. Thank you, Lori. <clears throat> And last we have with us is Kayla uh, Gagne uh, or Ganya, I'm sorry, and she is the director of life enrichment at Harbor Chase of Plano, Texas. And she fell in love with the senior population right out of college and has been working in elder care ever since. And I'm not going to ask her how old she is because uh, I'm doing about the same thing, but I'm pushing 60. And she doesn't sound quite my age here. <laughs> um, and she uses her energy and passion and creativity to create what she calls best days in the lives of our residents. And Harbor Chase has incorporated the Educate um, Dementia Live and Compassionate programs into their their own programming. So I can't wait to hear more about that. So welcome, Kayla.
3: Oh, thank you so much for having me. (laughs)
1: Well, I'm going to start out first by talking with Pam, so that we can kind of get a little little background. So, Pam, can you tell us a little bit about Educate Training Institute? Um, kind of your mission in the programs that you have?
0: Absolutely, and thanks so much for having having us on, uh, Lori. It's a it's an honor for all of us to be here. Um, educate really has grown and evolved from uh, really starting out with my beginnings of working with families uh, and being very passionate in educating families um, who are going through the caregiving experience um, my like you my my personal background was um, with caring for my parents, my dad who had alzheimer 's and my mother with with Parkinson's disease and going through that journey and understanding just how difficult it is, um, through the years of, of having the opportunity to work with thousands of families and hundreds of organizations, became more and more apparent that not only families but professionals needed more tools. Uh, that that there uh, as as this. Patient-centered, resident-centered movement uh, has been taking hold, and and living well with chronic illnesses, particularly those with dementia and other related cognitive impairment. That it just is critical that as we prepare for this tsunami, as we've heard, that um, that it was uh, critically important that we give those. People who are professionally or as I said family caregivers the tools to be able to respond to behavioral expression to give them a, a, a better life and certainly um, I, I believe that you know dementia live is one of those that we call a foundational tool that allows people to uh, step into their world and immerses them in for a very short time into life with dementia, to see what it's like to live with cognitive impairment and to see the challenges and to feel those. Uh, And so many times when someone is able to do that and uh, experience what someone else might be going through, Their level of understanding and care and compassion um, rises considerably and can be a a great help to others. So our approach at EDUCATE is really to develop and deliver innovative, experience-based education programs.
1: Okay. Wonderful. Can you tell us a little bit about, um, when you're talking about experiential, what, what does that really mean? What does that look like for, um, both the dementia live and, um, what, well, well, any, I guess any of the programs that you have, what can you explain yeah, that a little bit more? I would,
0: I would say one, one thing that separates an experiential training is really immersion. You know, really being involved yourself in that learning process. Um, we do on-site training now for both of these programs where our participants are involved from beginning to end in learning the programs, in walking through each of the steps themselves. Uh, we believe that is so critically important to being able to um, uh, as leaders, and um, if you're, you know, so many of our providers, our long-term care providers, elder care providers, um, hospitals, universities, et cetera, uh, they need to be able to take these programs then and lead others in their organization and with the programs, and in order for that to happen, Successfully and it, for it to be sustainable within their organizations, we really feel like that experiential education is um, is critically important and much more successful.
1: Okay, great. Now, you um, in, in conversations we've also talked about the need for caregivers to have tools and and why do you think it's so important for our care partners to have, to have tools? when caring why is it so different with dementia
0: well i think one of the the challenges certainly with uh, any level of cognitive uh, decline is is the roller coaster that care partners are on and, and the both care partners um one day can be great where everything's working and the next day um completely different and uh and that might not even be day to day it may be hour to hour And so for care partners to have uh, tools in their toolbox to be able to not only have that deeper level of understanding the frustrations that they go through, but being able to say, you know what, I have something that may help them, whether it's um, as simple as being able to communicate more clearly to them and engage with them at a deeper level. Um, important that care partners have trust in those that they're um, that who are caring for them, their loved ones, that they they get it. Um, that's extremely important, and I think Craig would probably understand that as well. Um, so you know, it's different there's one end where you can educate and learn about something and tools give you that one step further of, Hey, I have something here that can really um, help us to um, engage better, to calm behavior, to make that trust and engagement so much more profound. Um, And, and also the whole, um, the whole concept of, we can live well with dementia we just need to learn how to do that together mm-hmm. and i don't believe you can do it unless you have those tools
1: okay. so many
0: so many more programs now coming out today that are so exciting and uh and these are just two of them
1: okay so craig um have you ever experienced or heard of anyone who's gone to like a dementia live um training at all
2: Um, I've been to some training sessions, um, but it's interesting to hear what she's saying about the compassionate, um, compassionate side of it, because there are different ways that people approach you, um, where it, it, it it sounds like they're yelling at you, like like if I, if I Mm -hmm. ask my wife something, for instance, and I ask her again 20 minutes later, and if she, if she comes at me in a supportive voice saying, um, you, you've already asked me that and we discussed this, it's a lot better than if she says something like, I've already told you that once.
1: Mm-hmm. is mm-hmm.
2: the way it comes across. It's huge. Um, very huge. Yeah. Um, a while back I had a friend of mine, we were, um, and he called me, a uh, cleaning up you're a freaking idiot mm-hmm. and that that went over like a lead balloon that was that I don't like being called names
1: nobody does you know, so. and very disrespectful and people really have to be very conscious of their of their words and um how that's in how that's interpreted and how that makes us feel um with the um Dementia Live program. Just in case you're not aware of it, it it really is kind of a, a simulation. It's my understanding of what um, what it could be like to have dementia that causes some of the um, misfires or inability to to follow directions. Would that would you say that that's a accurate description, Pam, or would you describe it differently?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and um, Craig, just to to address that, one of the the um, important aspects of what people learn in dementia live is to be more empathetic, uh, to, I think a lot of times people's response to, um, to people with dementia is oftentimes they out of frustration. Would you say agree with that? Mm-hmm. Or they, they don't understand it. And so, um, they're, <laughs> I think you said it, Lori. They're just firing back, or they're just, you know, it's it's that first initial response because they don't get it, and um, and certainly that can be hurtful and and um, not not do anything to um, to to help with your relationships. Um, I think a lot of what causes stress on both sides is simply misunderstanding.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Would you
1: agree? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Um, I want to talk um, quickly because I still want to get to Anna and um, Kayla too. Now, you also have developed a master's um, training program because what you're doing, um, you know, is being absorbed. But you can only you could only do so much alone. So you've kind of really had to um, get some soldiers in line to help spread the word of what it is you're doing and to and to help people um be able to get these programs uh, into their communities so our organizations. Can you tell us um a little bit about the masters program and and how you feel that's going to help meet kind of the workforce needs of the future?
0: Absolutely the the master trainer program is really exactly what you said you know boots on the ground out there for um, being help, being able to help and and train and educate the the workforce of today and tomorrow help families you know i I think our master trainers are a a growing network of advocates educators trainers coaches uh, people many who have Clinical backgrounds, been in the senior care industry, uh, social work, um, just passionate um, about learning and sharing knowledge of not just ch- not just dementia, but aging. Of course, dementia is the forefront across the board because of of its fast, um, you know, snowball effect on society. But um if you step back and look at what um the different aspects and I say and I always say across the spectrum the the fast growing aging population um is affecting everyone beyond healthcare, beyond long term care, but how businesses run. You know, I look at airlines and the retail businesses and uh, those who serve older adults, financial planners and insurance people, you know, you name it, we can go on and on. All of these people need to better understand um, the aging process, uh, people with dementia, because they have a right to and are living out in the community and will be more so as in the future. Mm-hmm. And we need to better respond to this. Thus, the you know the push in the for the dementia-friendly community and age-friendly business. So our ed, our master trainers really are developing into being those educators with the knowledge base to be able to go and train at various levels of um, of these organizations.
1: Wonderful. Well, I'm going to go ahead and um, bop over to Anne here because I really want to talk about compassionate touch, and I and I love, I, I love your phrase "touch is medicine." Um, so, Anne, can you tell us what is compassionate touch, and and how do you feel that it really is a true medicine? Sure, you
4: bet. Um, I might just start with saying that compassionate touch for me. Um, kind of grew out of uh, my background as an occupational therapist and, um, you know, I've worked for many, many years with elders, people with dementia, people who um, were dealing with other kinds of conditions like stroke and that kind of thing. And um, about 17 years ago, I added to my professional uh expertise and became a massage therapist but always with the intention of serving elders and so being able to bridge those two and really focus um, with Pam and with educate on the way compassionate touch can um, assist people living with dementia that's just been a real um, passion of mine so compassionate touch as an approach um, it's a specific uh, approach that combines what we like to call skilled touch with specialized communication skills. And what I mean by skilled touch, you know, there's there's random touch, there's friendly touch, and there's all these different kinds of touch. But skilled touch is touch that has a, a method and a particular technique that's designed to serve a um, a specific intention, um, a goal, you might say. And um, sometimes people will say, well, can you, can you give me an example? Like, what does that really look like? And um, one example I could just offer here is um, there's one particular back technique that we use that involves um, rubbing the back or massaging the back and a, a particular way using a particular stroke that's been shown to have a calming effect on the central nervous system.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So, compassionate touch is an approach. It's it's um, it's not body work. Uh, some people will ask, "Well, how's it different from massage therapy?" And we aren't using the touch to necessarily impact the body per se, like muscle relaxation or something like that. We're using it to make a difference in the quality of life of the individual and also to help to help try to ease some of the stress that can lead to behavioral expression. So when I say touch is medicine, you know, in recent years, there's been so much emphasis on care providers, uh, reducing the use of antipsychotic medication and and all these other initiatives like person-centered care, these kinds of initiatives, has created a greater need for the use of non-pharmacologic approaches, especially uh, in order to meet the behavioral health needs of people with dementia. So, the science of skilled touch uh, shows us that touch can be a powerful tool to ease behavioral expressions that our care partners in not only long-term care communities, but family members, people who work in hospitals, anyone dealing uh, on an in an everyday way with people living with dementia, um, you know, they, they need these tools like Pam said. So compassionate touch is an approach brings together the medical technology with the human side of care. Okay. And that's what I mean by touch as medicine.
1: Okay. So cause one of the questions I was going to ask you is compassionate touch, massage, and it's much more than massage. Um what what I like, you know, when you're talking about using the word skilled touch, um, You know, because that really does summarize it, that there's a purpose behind it. Um, I think all of us can agree there's nothing better than a good hug and how that can make the body respond and feel. Um, You know, when you're teaching kids good touch, bad touch, I mean, there's really a big difference there. And so when you're bringing in your skilled touch, my guess is that it's to calm and soothe and kind of empower the person that you're interacting with, and um, it, would you say that that's correct in terms of my- yeah
4: yeah, I think um a good way to describe that we like to talk about the three c's of compassionate touch, mm-hmm. which is um, to connect mm-hmm. calm and comfort, which is what you just said, okay, and uh, yeah, so the connection part is to engage attention and and to help build relationships you know care partnering is all about relationships Mm -hmm. and so the touch can become um, a bridge really between the two people and um, the feedback that that we find from care partners who use compassionate touch is they say you know gosh i i feel like i'm really like i really know this person now Mm -hmm. you know as as uh, as a friend, or as somebody who I know them as a as an individual, and not just one of many that I'm caring for.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, Craig, what are your thoughts on compassionate touch? I don't know if you're a touchy feely person or not, because some people aren't. Um, I remember having a boss who hated being touched and at our awards dinner, we would purposely all hug him as we went across the stage. (laughs) And that was kind of a mean thing we did, but we did it. But I mean, there are some people who don't care to be touched either. So um, I'm going to throw this to Craig first and say, Craig, what do you think about this, this, um, three C's of compassionate touch, you know, to connect, to calm and to comfort?
2: I think it's very important. Um, I myself, I'm a, I'm a big hugger. I like giving hugs. Um, but just a hand on the shoulder, even, um, can be very comforting at times. There's, people can say all kinds of words to you. Um, but just that, the touch on that, like I said, on the shoulder, saying it's going to be okay, you'll be all right. Um, definite positives as far as i'm concerned
1: mm-hmm. yep. it's just
2: more of a moving a gesture with a moving feeling attached to it
1: mm-hmm. now, and do you run across people who don't like to be touched, and then how is how do you how do you work with a person like that? can you work can you do compassionate touch with a person who doesn't like to be touched
4: well, one of the things that um, I think is' important for any care partner to understand, like anything else, it's not a one size fits all, mm-hmm. and you know there are individuals um who may be going through a particular time with uh their dementia journey that um for whatever reason it's not something they're open to um I have, I've known some people who really were not receptive and, um, you know, and it just means that's not a good fit for that individual, Mm -hmm. but overwhelmingly, um, what more often happens is, um, sometimes families would would say to me when I've had a, a client that I would work with in a facility in a community. Family would say, oh, she's someone who really never has cared to be touched. Mm-hmm. My mom wasn't a hugger or whatever. But what seems to happen is the, the, the need, or I would even say a yearning almost, that people experience, especially as the condition progresses,
3: mm-hmm.
4: that what had occurred before with regards to their openness to touch often changes to where they're eager to have that kind of human connection.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I have seen that over and over and over again. And it's almost like they want to they want to change, you know, I don't want to say they want to change the past, but they 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 want to move forward with the future and do things different and have even traditions be different. My family wasn't one that was really big huggy feely. And um very touchy and then I, I married a guy who you know, his whole family was you, you get a hug, you know, when you when you greet and when you say goodbye and in between. And that changed all of us. And at first we were kind of stiff as boards going, What the heck? And now we now and now we love it, you know. Um we and, and so it's interesting how with some of that it almost even for a person who doesn't like to hug, it's almost like leading by example. And letting them come into it when they're ready, and they may never be ready, but don't stop what you're doing if you're comfortable with it either um you know it would be what I would say, and you guys might disagree with that, so feel free to speak up um if you wouldn't recommend that and again it'll I think it'll vary per person with that you don't want to do anything that's gonna irritate somebody um,
4: right mm-hmm.
0: I think and one I of the, oh, go ahead.
4: Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's also really important to say here um, for care partners who use Compassionate Touch as a tool, um, there are some real specific outcomes or real specific things that we see and get feedback from. And Taylor may have uh, some things to add about this um, in terms of, Sort of answering the question, well, yeah, this is all this is all really nice, compassionate touch. But how does it change things? How does it care change my day as a care partner, and how my does it really impact um, the experience of the person living with dementia? And um, I like to think of that in three kind of three main categories. So the things we see in terms of Change. Uh, we see changes happen with physical behaviors. Um, maybe someone is having verbal outbursts, or is pacing, or restless. Um, very common for people um, who are, you know, experiencing anxiety or, or memory loss or disorientation. So we see changes, positive changes, in some of those physical behaviors. We also see changes in uh, mood or expression, you know, even just the look on somebody's face, you know, or um, more positive verbal comments or being more open to social interaction, um, not quite so withdrawn. And then a very important one, I think, is um, care partners report um, there's less resistance to care. Mm -hmm. You know, some people are pretty resistant at times, you know, if if they're approached too quickly or don't understand what's being asked of them. And so, especially the direct caregivers, maybe the nurse assistants, you know, that compassionate touch when used as a tool can help to ease some of that resistance Mm -hmm. that sometimes uh, they have to, um, to not manage, but to find ways to work around it in order to assist the person.
1: Okay, great. One of the other things I, I also like that you mentioned, Anne, was you you talked about behavioral expressions. And one of the things that I, I would just um, say to our audience, because I know everyone uses the word behavior, but I, I personally don't like it, um, just like I don't like the word caregiver, but I'll still say it to try to get people to say care partner or care companion. And I think behaviors, um, we all have them um but we we typically use the word behavior in a negative fashion saying it what you're doing that behavior isn't acceptable it's we we're usually not patting somebody on the back saying hey great job when we term it a behavior and so um but I, but I loved how you said it's an expression and, and expressions are something we all do you know I would love to to um see maybe consider changing that word to reactional expressions or something like that because we all react and really that's what a behavior is it's our reaction to something and um, I think our words are really very powerful but I love that you word you know use the word expression on there I think that that's very important and it it kind of um, takes away the attack mode that I think sometimes people with dementia feel and and Craig you could probably talk more to that. When you hear somebody's telling you you have a behavior
2: um, yeah it's 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 not so much a behavior as a as a symptom mm-hmm. but I don't like that when people say you're they don't say you're behaving, but to say you're acting differently or or why are you acting this way when they don't know that I had the disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to explain mm-hmm. to them what you have, and most of them, a lot of people will say, "There's like, you look, you look fine. There's nothing wrong with you." Mm-hmm. But they don't know what's going on in the inside, and they don't know what's going on with the night terrors, um, and the hallucinations. So I may look fine on the outside, but on the inside, it's a whole different
1: story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you. Good feedback. Thank you. Um, I'm going to move on to um, uh, Kayla, if you don't mind, because um, Kaylee, your company um, has actually instituted the Dementia Live and Compassionate Touch um, to kind of help your staff and your families. And I'd love to have you share how has that how has that been um, received and and what has the impact been at your community.
3: Well, thank you. I uh, first want to take a moment to thank Ann and Pam for having these tools available to us. I mean, it's one of those things where once you go through the training, it's like a little light bulb where it's like, oh, this is this is fabulous, this is great, I can't wait to train all my staff and we're putting it in our orientation and, you know, just kind of really trying to um, give our staff and our residents and our families those those tools for success. Um, so, I think as far as in my community, it's, it's impacted. I think speaking not only to Dementia Live um, and Compassionate Touches, both um, has really helped um, our caregivers have that more experiential understanding. Um, just like Pam says, it's it's very powerful. When I've I've seen you know nurses and LVNs, you know people that have that have worked with this population for a long time, still come out of the training saying, whoa, you know, and they have you know the sort of that look on their face, and you know, it's like they they've finally something extra has clicked that wasn't exactly there before. Um, especially going through Dementia Live. Um, and then when they see the results, um, doing that day-to-day compassionate touch, sort of forming those bonds. Um, I mean, it's it's really helped in a lot of little ways to make a big impact, if that makes any sense. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Can you talk about um, any feedback that you've gotten from families? Have they seen a difference? Well, the families, they've
3: the difference they've seen um and of course it's it's different for every family and every resident um, honestly i wish some of them uh that chose not to choose not to do dementia life i wish i could could make them because they're the ones who are you know kind of having the hardest time uh mm-hmm. communicating with their loved one um but that's cuz a lot of families i think don't want to see it yet mm-hmm. um and I think Dementia Live is a great tool for for helping them uh, better communicate and not try to, to normalize their loved one or make them something, you know, that that they're not anymore. You know, um, so but the families have seen uh, a change in their in their loved one. Um, they they have a better understanding. The ones that've gone through Dementia Live um, about sort of what expressions to look for and instead of maybe getting frustrated they say I've I've heard one say oh oh that's why they're doing that and you know and just those little tools um, make a big impact um, in their relationship with their loved one
1: Mm -hmm. I would imagine um, for some because I know when I have gone through you know these um, experiential programs uh, they can be pretty emotional because you um instinctively i think beat yourself up going oh i didn't realize oh i didn't know oh my gosh you know i'm really a jerk for reacting um to my loved one like this cuz i had no idea um that this mm-hmm. is this is kind of what the what they're feeling inside and um do you, do you see that i i guess i see that as being pretty common and um getting people to understand that you know the past is the past but you learn and and grow and move forward, and you can do a lot better now that you have this information. Now that you have, like Pam said, this tool in your toolkit. Do you get those reactions oh, from from family? And yeah, family? there's a. Ve-
3: mm-hmm. Oh, I was just going to say that there's a there's a very important part to uh, Dementia Live where it's that's that's the briefing and the a talking afterwards. Um, So it's not just like you go through it and you're like, well, there you go, you know, because there are a lot of emotions involved Mm -hmm. with that. I mean, it's very, you know, it's that raw experience, but that um, sort of briefing and that talking and discussion afterwards helps people, you know, put it into that perspective. They take those raw emotions and then it's like, okay, well, here's how I can use that information in the future. Here's how I can better utilize um, my day to day interactions with my loved one or um in the case of staff you know with our residents um and that that 's a really um powerful and positive tool moving forward because mm-hmm. honestly sometimes you have to go through the hard stuff to get <laughs> to get to that get to that splice
1: yep exactly exactly um now have you guys actually gone through the the master training or have you just had um Educate come in and do the training for you at um Harbor yeah. Chase?
3: We um we did the Educate training. Um I was planning to talk to Pam later about the master classes, but <laughs> but uh um, <laughs> they're, you know, they're the coach, you they're called coach trained. Just, yes, mm-hmm. exactly, the coach training. Um but no, unfortunately, I'm not a coach trainer as of right now, mm-hmm. um, but I can tell you it was a, it's an interesting two days, um, <laughs> but it's a wonderful training to go through because you see and you work with these people who are so the same passion that you are um, about this population and about changing how we treat really aging um, and dementia as a whole. Um, And and it's really wonderful uh, to feel like you're a part of that um, greater movement, which we all have to be a part of for it to really move forward and progress.
1: Exactly. Exactly. How about the Compassionate Touch? Have you instituted that at um, Harbor Chase as well?
3: We have. We have. Um, Compassionate Touch... Um, is not only we we use it throughout the community. Um, none of these, I think, are exactly. They're they're geared towards, of course, you know, memory care and dementia. But um, I think we all know that that's it's not a one size fits all. You know, you have dementia now, you act this way. I mm-hmm. mean, there's a whole aging process. You know, and over the past five years, and I've worked with seniors, I've seen independent, I've seen people who live at home, but that doesn't mean that they <laughs> don't have, you know, cognitive decline and, and assisted living populations, as well as people who are in memory care units. I mean, and these tools are really great for the whole spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to compassionate touch, that that human to human bond, um, there's something very um, just intuitive about it. You know, we think about how much we get we are touched in our every day-to-day basis. And if someone were to take that away, you know, how alienating would that feel? Mm -hmm. How lonely would it feel? Um, So implementing and making sure, even if it's, you know, the little things of letting our care partners know, instead of just talking to someone, you know, touch them on the shoulder. Um, And maybe, especially like the ones we have um, in, in wheelchairs, just go straight into the the figure eight, the back rub protocol. Uh, it's a great compassionate touch uh, technique, just to kind of while you're talking to them, mm-hmm. so that they know you're talking
1: to them, not at them. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a big difference there. Craig, do you have any comments on that talking to somebody versus at somebody? I would imagine you've experienced that. I think we all have, but I think when dementia hits, um, it's just a little sharper.
2: Yeah, when people have the tendency when they talk to me like they're talking to like a second grader instead of who I am now, um, mm. and it's almost like they're talking down to me. But I, I explain to them I'm not, um, I'm not that far along yet. I'm not retarded in any way, so I don't need to be talked to like a child. Um, most of the time people that talk to you talk too fast, and that's a big thing is trying to um, understand what they're saying when you talk too fast it's, it's very hard to bring that all in and put it together, so you miss a lot of things that people say to you,
1: yeah, so it isn't so some... talking, oh, talking
2: to you with. Mm-hmm. Like, you said, like she said, the figure A motion, or just a hand on the shoulder, is it's, it just brings it all to be more um, personal.
1: Yep, and I think it slows it down, too. You know, people are in such a rush these days, and it's not like somebody with dementia loses their intelligence. What they're losing is their processing ability. And so, you know, we've got to really... <clears throat> We have to look at those things and figure out the proper tools to assist them and still um, have them be included in conversations um, is very, very important. Have you found, um, Kayla, that the um, Dementia Live program and the Compassionate Touch through Educate Training, do you think that that's helped your community kind of differentiate itself from other communities? I think it has helped my community
3: differentiate. Um, mainly in just the ways um, and I I hear it a lot in family feedback um, about how they've actually decided to to put their loved one here because they can tell that we care Mm -hmm. because when they take you know their their family member to you know see the building that we every staff member takes time to talk to the potential to the resident Mm -hmm. to talk to them you know um and i mean because that's that's what it's all about i mean resident-centered care is exactly that you can't care for someone if you don't know them and you don't get to know them on that personal level
1: yep very very true and and yet very overlooked (laughs) in a lot of ways um a lot of times I think unfortunately true of...
3: <laughs> somewhat overlooked but yeah. I mean part of that is that constant um reevaluation of mm-hmm. I mean we all can be guilty of getting caught up in you know day-to-day this and we got to do the checklist and we're going so fast but we need to slow it down <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. yeah
3: <laughs> you know and sometimes it takes we have to you know really look at ourselves for a minute you know and be like oh I need to make these adjustments.
1: Mm-hmm. Now it sounds like you're a, a real believer that that both dementia live and compassionate touch work powerfully together. And um, and I get the feeling that your your company as a whole it feels like it meshes with their goals of of being person centered with their with their residents. Um, do you see staff? Um, do you see staff really embracing these as well?
3: I've uh, I I see staff really responding as well. Um, I've actually had one staff member tell me that they think it helps them more than it helps the the resident <laughs> because <laughs> it was you know a, a particular resident who uh, was not very involved and was very withdrawn you know and so one of my care partners you know didn't feel like they really knew her. Um, but then after a little while and the, the dementia live, she, she changed her approach with her, Mm -hmm. um, and then adding the compassionate touch. Now she's like, you know, they're best friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I, and I think my care partner actually, you know, feels closer to her and they love to feel close to the residents. I mean, that's, you know, no one gets into this profession if they don't love you know love seniors and love taking care of people Um, so to feel that sort of um, connection with a person i think is is very beneficial to the care partners as well
1: yeah to have that relationship based versus task um, orientation and not that people don't have to do their tasks but if you approach it from that relationship base it's just easier and softer and more comfortable for both sides um and i mean that and, and that i think I think these techniques can be applied <clears throat> way broader than just dementia as well in terms of getting us in tune to what it really means to be present and um, and have a powerful and purposeful impact on another person's life as well as ourselves. So I really appreciate you um, sharing your insights with us, Kayla. I can't believe the, um, the hour is almost up, so I want to throw it back to Pam here. And um, just talk about, uh, one of the questions I didn't ask you, Pam, was about family engagement and community outreach, that whole component of your, of your training programs, and, and how does that, you know, how does that help everybody in that process with, with you doing family and community outreach
0: well of course that's that's the core of of my personal passion and we um we are going to continue to develop those programs to support the providers and other organizations but certainly both dementia live and compassionate touch are huge um, in in um, reaching families and of course family engagement across the board is so important now families just need more education they need more support i am always um, humbled when i'm able to do a dementia live and and um, put them through the experience and then have the empowerment session afterwards with them and hear the stories of how the families are feeling and uh, just last week had a had the opportunity to talk to two, four family members who went through the experience. And just a reminder constantly um, that families feel very alone. Um, they, um, as I always have to remind people, as much as they might be educated on whatever illness, whatever um health condition their loved one may be going through at a time of stress all that goes out the window Mm -hmm. and uh, so to say that they need education and re-education and more support and more support on top of that they need to be empowered um, to feel like they can take the challenges on and so any program that we can give them any program that we developed Develop for a professional uh, caregiver care partner is going to be applicable to a family we just believe so strongly in that that they are very very much a part of the um, you know that circle of person-centered care and let's be honest there are more family caregivers Um, than any you know they're doing large the large majority of caregiving in this country and around the world Mm -hmm. so we need to continue to develop that and work with and have the resources for the families
1: okay well great I want to thank everyone for being um, with us today Pam and and Kayla as well as my co-host Craig Uh, it's been a really interesting conversation we do have um, information posted on both the radio show and our blog in terms of how to get a hold of everybody. Um, the a- Educate website is just a g e u c a t e dot com, and you can get a hold of Pam at pam at educate dot com, and same with Ann, Ann at educate dot com and then Kayla you can get a hold of her at k and then her last name is g a i e n n i e at h r o or i'm sorry h r a online net um, See, so that
3: explains the trouble with the last name. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nope, that's okay. That's okay. So, again, I, I think this has been a fascinating conversation, and I urge people to go ahead and, and check out uh, Educate Training Institute to learn more about Dementia Live and Compassionate Touch, and feel free to reach out to Kayla um, if you'd like to talk with her about how they've incorporated these programs into Harbor Chase of um, of Plano, Texas. In wrapping up here, I want to just mention July 18th, I'm going to be in Moundsview, Minnesota at Bell Ray Senior Living, and we're going to be doing a screening and talk back of his neighbor, Phil, starting at 6 o'clock. Um, also want to just mention um, all of our shows here are archived, so feel free to go back and... Um, and listen to them and we've been doing them for like six years now so there's plenty of great information to be found Um, as far as the blog goes um, i did note that um, on father's day i I just did a little post about dads that you might be interested in reading just letting um, fathers know that they're appreciated and a father is much more than just a in my in my opinion um, a biological father um, we have lots of people that are our mentors in our lives that are father-like to us, and they need to know um, their work is important as well. Um, we also just did a um, trifold of tips when dealing with dementia, and if you'd like a free one, just email me at lori, L-O-R-I, at com. And then Maria Shriver has a great new coloring book out, and it's way more than just coloring so I highly recommend people checking that out. And then I want to give a shout out to the Caregiver Alert Center, um, which is a company that for really minimal dollars, you can protect your loved one in case they would go wandering. Um, and then the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation is doing some brain, brain longevity um, therapy training, which I think is really uh, quite interesting as well. And as usual, I want to give a shout-out to all the memory cafes around the world. We're just so honored at J. Arthur's in Roseville to be part of those and to be able to help mentor others around the country, um, getting getting set up with that. And again, a big shout-out to uh, Leading Age Washington for having me come and do their keynote, uh, Move for the Minds, for allowing me to be one of their panelists, which was very fun and i um also would be a amiss if I didn't mention when I was in California I got to go tour um one of the Silverado um senior livings at san juan uh san juan uh, capistrano and um Deborah Brown gave me the best tour I've ever had of a community ever, and um you know prior to being in the world of dementia, I was in real estate and senior housing and so gosh for over 40 years now i've been getting tours of places and that um that tour deb brown gave was just exceptional Uh, she really explained not only why um, or what um silverado had to offer but the why the why it's important, and um, it just made so, so much sense. Last, I'll wrap up with um, join us on our cruise November 11th through the 18th. We would love to have you. You can go to alzheimerspeaks.com and find out more information. Thanks, everybody, and we'll talk soon.